You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And to sports on a Sunday morning oh, yeah. on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. No shift here for the Rays. Loud to the right of second in the pitch. Swinging a pop fly shallow right. Charging Margot. He is under it. And the Tampa Bay Rays have just won the American League pennant. For the second time in franchise history, the Rays are on their way to the World Series. The call on the Tampa Bay Rays radio network last night, and the Rays are indeed headed to the World Series. Welcome, Tom Ackerman, with you in Cardinals Nation, St. Louis, Missouri, here, not inside the restaurant itself. Can't wait till we get back there eventually. Can't wait to get the Cardinals back to that spot, the World Series. Haven't been there since 2013. We have been very fortunate. I don't want to say spoiled. I don't like saying spoiled. I think that the Cardinals franchise is held to high standards, and people want to get back to the World Series every year. But we've been very fortunate. Since 2000, the Cardinals have been to the postseason 14 times. They went to the World Series in 2013, won it all two years before that in 2011. But since then, they have not been able to get back. Last year, made it to the NLCS and got whitewashed by the Washington Nationals just couldn't get any offense going and this year the offense was not there and although at times we did see some sparks out of Paul Goldschmidt for sure and some other spots along the lineup but from a one through nine standpoint and we can point to a lot of things because of that COVID-19 certainly took its toll on this team and the accomplishment to get back on the field was major and you'll never really know how much it took out of some players, and how exhausted the players were after playing all of those doubleheaders. But the facts are facts, and Cardinals fans hold this team to a standard, and they want this team to hit better and play better overall. And that Tampa Bay team does that. They are a very, very good baseball team and organization. They continue to turn over prospects into very good players. And in this case, they swiped one of the Cardinals' best prospects and ended up putting him into the ALCS MVP podium. Randy Arozarena is remarkable. We will talk about him with Kevin Wheeler at 11.30. I know people are anxious to hear from Kevin, who was uh, very much pro-Arozarena, as was I all of last year. Uh, Matthew Libertor, I mean, I see people tweeting he better be Sandy Koufax. I mean, that's a lot to put on a kid, okay? Uh, this is a, a trade that, at this point, has worked in the Rays' favor. By the way, I would have loved to have seen Jose Martinez celebrating with that team last night. And Martinez was sent to the Cubs late in the regular season. He was uh, such a great Cardinal, and I'd love to see him get a taste of the World Series. But anyway, I am very, very happy for Randy Rosarena. Very happy for everybody with the Rays. 
Super happy for Pete Fairbanks, the closer for the Rays, who's from Webster Groves. He had Tommy John surgery when he was a junior in high school. Came back from that, went to the University of Missouri, and uh, was drafted by the Texas Rangers. And last night he closed out the ALCS and won the pennant for the Rays. That is a great story, and a congratulations to all of his friends and family, some of whom may be listening this morning. Pretty happy, i got to say, for the Tampa Bay Rays from this standpoint also. They beat that cheating, lying Houston Astros team that uh, in a lot of ways just you know kept piling on after the players were not punished like a lot of people thought they should have been and the manager and general manager were fired. The players like Carlos Correa, who popped off during spring training, put a sour taste in not only fans' mouths, but also players. And I I am not going to sit here and say that I'm not happy (laughs) that the the Rays beat the Astros. I am. I'm also happy that the Astros are out. I am. uh, I'm very pleased that that happened. Uh, I'm not. It's hard to watch Randy Arozarena succeed if you're a Cardinals fan. It is. And I, again, personally happy for him. Absolutely. I love seeing him dancing and having fun. But you wonder why uh, that uh, did not happen here. And for that matter, you know, it's hard. You'll see Luke Voigt and Marcelo Zuna and and all these people in the postseason, Tommy Pham. And uh, the list continues to grow. So we'll talk it over with Kevin Wheeler. We're going to use a clear head here at 1130 and really dig into that. I'm not going to fly off the handle. I am not going to uh, have a knee-jerk reaction. Of course, I'd like to. I'd like to say that, uh, you know, that this is terrible. But it is also baseball. And I'd like to, as Whitey Herzog told me in the interview last week, he made me feel a little bit better when he said, Tom, hindsight is a hell of a lot better than foresight. He's right. It's a lot easier to see (laughs) behind you and what the Cardinals should have done and should not have done and what John Mosellock should and should not have done with his trades than looking forward. And he continued to tell us that Matthew Liberator is going to be a good pitcher, and he hears that not only from people within the Cardinals but from other organizations. Doesn't make it any easier to see these former Cardinals dancing around and having fun, and Randy Arozarena did that. He is a remarkable talent. He's not going to go quiet anytime soon. He's going to have a very, very good career. So we can sit here and mope about it, or we can decide what the Cardinals need to do to be better. Is it time for them to be more aggressive? Do they need to evaluate, reassess what their talent evaluation looks like? All of those things are fair questions, and we will definitely get into it with Kevin Wee at 1130. Okay, so the Los Angeles Dodgers beat the Braves 3-1. to one. And the Braves have to be feeling uh, pretty anxious here tonight, as Joe Buck will call the game on Fox tonight for the Braves and the Dodgers from Arlington, Texas. I don't know what happened to the Braves, except that their offense went quiet at the wrong time. The Dodgers are starting to establish their superiority. They are a very good team from top to bottom. It still makes for a fascinating game. I think that the Braves are a young, fearless team. I love Marcelo Zuna, always have, had a great relationship with him here in St. Louis. And I was disappointed to see someone that I do respect on because he's one of our insiders on Radio.com, John Heyman, who writes for MLB Network, said not trying to stir the pot, but you have to wonder about Marcelo Zuna. It's a great one-year contract, and he would never looked happy in St. Louis. 
Like, why would you say something like that? Uh, of course, that's stirring the pot, John. I mean, you say something like that, and it's just not true. I mean, Ozuna said himself that he wanted to come back to St. Louis. The Cardinals and Ozuna could not come to a long-term agreement. I witnessed it my with my own eyes in the clubhouse. He loved being with this team. He enjoyed being. He, he and Yadi or Molina would crack a beer after the game and, and chat. He loved Yadi as a teammate. Like, why wouldn't Marcelo Zuna enjoy being part of the Cardinals organization? He was hurt for part of his time here, if people remember. Also, the DH is a very welcoming spot in the National League and took, uh, you know, takes a little bit off. He was playing in left field with a with a bad shoulder and had lost his fielding capabilities and definitely is throwing. So I'm not going to sit here and say that he was disappointed that, that to be a Cardinal. I mean, it's just ridiculous. He's having a great year. He's back to, to his big-time producing days, feeling good and having fun, and I'm very happy for Ozuna as well. The Cardinals moving forward. We'll discuss it again with Kevin Wheeler at 1130. At 10.45, Travis Ford is the head coach of the St. Louis Billikens, and he'll be with us to talk some hoops. 11.05, Dane and Hughes, the radio analyst for the Kansas City Chiefs. And the NFL full slate, we'll get into that with Dane and one of the best guys in the business. 11.30, we'll have wheels. It's the president of the St. Louis Sports Commission, Frank Viverito. One of the things we talked about on the Garage Happy Hour is we need more regionalism around here. Enough of uh, back and forth. And I understand. I hear the sides. People in the county, some don't want to associate with the city. Some in the city don't want to associate with the county. Well, guess what? It's time for us to have this conversation again and to talk about being together and coming together as a region. That is part of the conversation with Frank Viverito coming up, including some huge announcements about NCAA events on the way. The NCAA loves St. Louis. They love the Sports Commission and the leaders here in town that make huge events happen, and it's going to bring a lot of money into the city and a whole lot more. We'll get into it with Frank Viverito coming up next. A great show lined up for you. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. It's 10-15 back after this. From KMOX Sports, here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday morning. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. The Garage Happy Hour every Thursday at 5.30 on Facebook Live, the KMOX Sports and KMOX News Facebook pages. We have had a lot of fun over the last six months with some incredible guests. But we also touch on some very important topics, and I thought this was a big one. I always wanted to have this guy on. Uh, He's a close friend. But uh, it would hit me when the news came out of all these NCAA events that are coming to St. Louis over the next four or five years, got to have them on. And here he is, Frank Viverito. Well, I'll tell you, it's uh, it's great to have you. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on the Garage Happy Hour. We have a lot of people that were excited when I uh, rolled it out that you were coming. And I, I think that you connect with a lot of people. You're not even from St. Louis. And look at this. I mean, you know what? This is this is we've had a long history of great people in St. Louis who are not from St. Louis. I know it's always seems like we're this like close knit. Where'd you go to high school crowd? Jack Buck's not from St. Louis. You know, he, he grew up uh, outside of St. Louis. Uh, I could go to, uh, outside a long list of Bob Costas and, and on and on it goes. Stan the man. Stan Musial, Pennsylvania. You know, so this is uh, my New York friend, Frank Riverito. And Good I one. am. Yep. 
And I am uh, I'm so happy that he's with us. He's the president of the St. Louis Sports Commission. But let's make no mistake about it. You are a St. Louis and through and through. And I, I want to say this right away in all seriousness, and I have fun with you constantly. Yes. But I appreciate what you do. Uh, we are going to talk about the, the positives and the negatives of what goes on with our awesome city. We love our city. Uh, but we know that just like any, anybody or anything that we love, uh, we love uh, the good and the bad. And so we're going to uh, talk about that. But I, I love what you do, Frank. You fight for us. And in this year where we're really, just like a lot of cities, struggling, you have fought for us and you have come up with not one, not two, but five NCAA events awarded to St. Louis yesterday. That's exciting. Yes, it, it is exciting. And, and I'll tell you that I have uh, lived in St. Louis for 38 years I got my uh, baptism in St. Louis. I learned about St. Louis from a guy named Jack Carney. Okay. That's the first thing that I, that's the thing I did every day when we moved here. We moved here for Patty's job. And, and so I was, you know, riding my bike and taking walks in the Central West End. But every day I would listen to Jack Carney and, and he taught me about St. Louis. And uh, it's, you know, Cam Watch has always had uh, always had a soft spot in, in my heart. And, uh, you know, it's an honor to do what I do in this community because it is such a great sports town. And, and we always say, you know, a great sports town and all that. But but if you put the history of St. Louis sports all sports up against the history of any other city in this country. I'll take St. Louis, and and it's not you know just a, you know boosterism to say it's the best sports town in the country. By that measure, I absolutely believe that it is. And, and yes, we we did come away with some uh, really good events from the NCAA bid process uh, yesterday. Uh, the one I'm I've been using the word elated about is the frozen four and i had a conversation with uh Stu durando from the post dispatch yesterday and I, he used this line in in the paper today it was the most requested event in my 25 plus years at the sports commission wow when are you going to get the Frozen Four back? I've I've heard that you know I won't say every day, but but if you know when I go out to speak and and when we talk about you know what events do you want to see in St. Louis, Frozen Four. When is the Frozen Four coming back? And uh, uh, the group that asked as much as any are St. Louis University, Billiken hockey players from. Back in the 70s, the Bill Selman coach teams, and and I have to tell you that when when we're talking about the Frozen Four, and and when I talk about the Sports Commission and St. Louis as a sports town, I, I like to think in terms of narratives, okay? And and the hockey narrative in St. Louis is amazing, you know, and and I don't even have to repeat the events you know them better than anybody but uh you know the uh um the winter classic the 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 stanley cup parties and and parades the 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 all-star game uh now the frozen four 
the the number of local young players who have been drafted and and are in the NHL, the Centene Ice Center, the 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 renewed rejuvenated Enterprise Center, the the incredible work that the Blues do in the community, the development of sled hockey, girls hockey, kids hockey, uh, on and on and on. That is a heck of a narrative. It really is. You know, in Centene Community Ice Center, you're going to have the men's regional there. You have the Frozen Four the following year in 2025. Last had it here in 2007. Oh, Boston College. And that when I was there, uh, yep. enjoyed that very much and uh, love the atmosphere. I love being on display. I think that's part of us here in St. Louis. We just like showing off a little bit. So we like the fact that, especially in the Northeast, where there is a very strong college hockey presence, but also in the Big Ten and, and you know the, the northern uh, states of Michigan and Wisconsin, that St. Louis will be on display for the hockey world. And you just mentioned the NHL credentials. It's true. I mean, we are uh, one year five first rounders in the NHL draft. This is uh, becoming a hockey city, and that's a big step forward. And then there's the first and second round of the NCAA tournament. That's the following year in 2026, the Missouri Valley Conference, which has hosted like 19,000 of these. Actually, it's like 19, I think, um, has been amazing. And they are considered, I like the fact, of course, I'm a college basketball junkie, but I like that when people think of basketball, they also think of St. Louis and the Valley has a lot to do with that. Really? Where did you go to school, by the way? <laughs> I don't even, I wish I No, you don't answer, don't answer that. Don't answer that. Can, can I go back to hockey for just a minute? Please do. Okay, the 07 Frozen Four. You mentioned Michigan State and Boston College in the finals. Do you remember the other two teams? Maine. Maine with who in goal? Oh, gosh. Who was in goal for the Black Bears? Oh, come on, Tom. Who was it? Ben Bishop. Oh, Ben Bishop was on it. <laughs> I should have known that. All right, oh, so Maine, should... how could I have forgotten that, honestly? How could I have forgotten that Ben Bishop was on that team? Also, on North Dakota, who was the fourth team to make that Frozen Four, T.J. Oshie was a member of the team. More with Frank Viverito when we come back, talking a little hockey with him. That's not all. The Frozen Four, college basketball, a lot, and Olympic sports also surrounding St. Louis. But we'll get into a few other topics with him. Don't forget Travis Ford. Speaking of hoops, the Billikens coach is with us at 1045 back in a moment on KMOX. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Uh, this is going to make some people mad, but I don't really care. Um, uh, we have to be more regional. We just have to embrace the city's got to embrace the county, and the county's got to embrace the city, Frank. I mean, I, I, I just, uh, it's, it's tough for me because I have friends on both sides, but I'm telling you that the first thing I heard when St. Louis City SC came out with their name was like, oh, city. Uh. Like, right. What are you talking about? This is our city. This is our city. That's right. your downtown if you live in Wentzville or if yep. you live in Belleville. That's yours. I mean, it's our city. Why are we like that? 
It's very troubling to me that you said you were going to make people, some people angry by saying what, because this should absolutely not be the case. And, and, you know, there are reasons for it, you know, that, that we are not structured properly, you know, as a region, way too many municipalities and, and people grow up in, in, in way too small uh, a, a world. Now, it makes for great suburbs, but, but it doesn't make always for a great region. And, and we have to cooperate. We have to consolidate. Um, you know, we don't even often think of how many ways that this hurts us. You know, the, the crime statistics are one thing, but, but our little world of bidding for events, um, I, I say this a lot. We have done a great job of replicating almost the exact same rec center in every St. Louis County municipality. And we haven't built any of the facilities that places like Overland Park, Kansas and, and Cooperstown, New York have built to host events, uh, traveling events for, for, for young people. And, and you always hear that when the economy is down, the first things to start back up are our kids sports because that's you know there's always going to be a few dollars for the kids to play because it's that important and and so you know we just haven't even we haven't developed the right facilities in the community um you know we 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 have too much that's spent on duplication and, and waste and and uh you know St. Louis downtown St. Louis is 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 a sports hub and and we all come downtown to to watch those games and and it doesn't matter if it's the rams or the battle hawks or the blues or the cardinals or st louis city i mean th as you said th this is our town it is our town for sure um frank viverito your office actually overlooks that new mls stadium site that's pretty yes. sweet I, I was in your office for that St. Louis Sports Commission trivia night. I'm like, oh, I, I think I'm going to stand right here and look at this for a while. K Carolyn Kindle Betts is, is joining our board, and I asked her if she could please make sure the roof of the stadium is low enough that I can watch the games from my desk. Uh, and and I, you know, I, I've worked downtown now since uh, April of 1984. And, you know, it's, um, I, I, you know, I, 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 love St. Louis. I, I love downtown, but it's, it's too often a step ahead and a, and a step back. And, you know, we're, we're hopefully finally building the critical mass, you know, that, that we absolutely have to have there. And, you know, you start from the arch and, and, and work West and ballpark village and Bush stadium and, and, uh, uh, you know, the, the enterprise center, uh, union station, the aquarium, uh, the MLS stadium, the hotels, you know, we, we have to make that as vibrant as we possibly can, walkable, safe. Uh, we could spend the whole hour talking ab about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, safe is a huge word for sure. I mean, we've got to make it safe. Uh, and we could get, I'm not going to get into a whole hour of talking about, you know, all, all of those issues that are going on with crime and safety, but we absolutely have to. And I know that you've been involved in some of those talks and have heard some of those discussions about how to make the city safe for sports fans. The more people uh, going on 
that in one area uh, you don't see it, it's you know, you, I, I get concerned when I see downtown as empty as it is, there's going to be rampant crime uh, and issues going on when there are a lot of people walking around, perhaps less so, but still you're putting people at risk if, if it's not safe. You need density, you need light, you need activity, um, you, you need, you know, retail, you need residential. I mean, we have a lot of, of work to do and and one of the ways that that happens more easily is if it's a regional approach and 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 not just city approach because the city has many needs and and they're going to be addressed better in, in a regional way uh, Frank what about um, you mentioned the gymnastics and I, I want to talk about the that and the US Olympic time trials for swimming as well so gymnastics got rescheduled right to June of 2021 and the swimming you're not you don't have it yet but you're talking about filling these huge pools inside the dome in America's Center and that you learn in February I believe whether you get that or not Right, but but that can't just be one question, okay? Like that has that we have to unpack that. Let's discuss all of that. Yeah. The, the Olympics. That is, you know, we are we are the site. I know this means a lot to you too. We're the site of the 1904 Olympics. We're in Olympic City, and I know that that you always make a push to keep those Olympic sports going. Yes, we are America's first Olympic city, and you know, you're the trivia master at. at Trivia night, of, of course you know what the most incredible distinction from the 1904 Olympics was, right? Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But we were the first American city. Well, it goes a little bit beyond that. One of the innovations of the 1904 games, gold, silver, and bronze medals. Okay? And you wouldn't even know that if you looked in the history books because you'd sold silver and bronze awarded at the first games in Athens in 1896 and in Paris, the second Olympiad in 1900. But gold, silver, and bronze weren't awarded in those games. They were only retroactively awarded after the 1904 Olympics. So gold, Silver and bronze medals were born here. And yes, we, we use that as a way to distinguish St. Louis and as a way to, uh, uh, to sell St. Louis when it comes to bringing, uh, Olympic related events here. And the, the two that we're going to talk about, the Olympic gymnastics trials and the Olympic swimming trials are, are two of the biggest, uh, American Olympic events. And you're right. The, uh, Olympic Gymnastics trials were set for June of 2020. They have been rescheduled for June 24 to 27 of 2021. And not just uh, what we call artistic gymnastics, which is what everybody knows from the Olympics, but, but also rhythmic gymnastics, uh, trampoline and tumbling, and, and a couple of other gymnastics disciplines will all have their national championships in St. Louis the week before uh, Simone Biles takes the stage and a national gymnastics congress will take place in St. Louis. So huge economic impact 
hopefully if we can get uh, you know fans back on 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 planes and in arenas uh, by the end of June. So a wonderful event, and you know, and and when you're talking about Simone Biles, one of the greatest athletes who's ever lived, um, you know, you're you're talking about electricity and 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 excitement you know that 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 we treasure from our big events and you know and the, the person who comes to mind when i think of simone biles um not because they're the same size but but it's jackie joiner kersey in, in terms of the stature that 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 jackie and simone have in in the olympic movement and 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 among the greatest athletes of all time. So I and I can't wait until uh, uh, next June. It's it's going to be incredible. Four nights uh, of television on, and go off the community, uh, and uh, you know a, a sold out Enterprise Center will just be uh, uh, you know right up there uh, among the great events in our sports history. That is pretty amazing. That's Frank Viverito, the president of the St. Louis Sports Commission, with me. Great to have him along. So the Olympic team trials, June 24th through the 27th next year at Enterprise Center. The event was officially sold out before its postponement, by the way. It'll be fantastic. It's going to bring a lot of attention to St. Louis and a lot of money, too, potentially. If the if St. Louis gets the U.S. Olympic team trials in swimming in 2024, you just look at what Omaha did four years ago. It was a $74 million impact for Omaha. $74 million just for getting that swimming trials event to come to St. Louis. He also announced the Frozen Four, the first and second rounds of the NCAA men's basketball tournament in 2026, Frozen Four in 2025, women's golf championships, men's and women's tennis championships for Division Two, Division Three, respectively, men's hockey regional in 2024 at Centene Community Ice Center. Also should direct you to musealawards.com. Go to themusealawards.com. They are going to be holding the Musial Awards this year. It will be an event on CBS Saturday, December 26th, but there's a lot leading up to that, and very, very special to read and hear more about the Musial Awards in honor of Stan's 100th birthday. And if you want to watch the whole interview, it's at Facebook's uh, Facebook Live on the KMOX Sports and KMOX News pages with President of the St. Louis Sports Commission, Frank Viverito. Really enjoyed having him and and spoke of some important topics there, but the interview itself is about 40 minutes, so we did uh, just about half of it there. When we come back, a live uh, discussion with the head coach of the Billikens, Travis Ford, is next on Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX. From KMOX Sports, here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the show. Joining us live is the St. Louis Billikens, Travis Ford. Coach, thank you so much taking your time out of the day for joining us. You're practicing today, aren't you? Oh, we are. It's great to be on with you, Tom. It's uh, Yeah, this is the first weekend of practice. Uh, we had uh, actually went uh, two to, twice yesterday, doubled up, um, and uh, we're going once today. It'll probably be a, a little longer. Uh, doing a lot of teaching early, but uh, it's always uh, an exciting weekend when you're starting the season off practice-wise. I bet it is. I saw that you had a DJ in there for your players during the the last of your workouts. That gets them going, I know. And now you have. Uh, the formal practices and everything happening, but I I, I know that uh, that you can only have so many practices, right? So you wanted to make sure that you were going full bore as the season got going. 
Yeah, you know, look, the DJ was kind of a reward for them. It was the last day of preseason workouts. Uh, we had a really good preseason, so it was just something kind of fun uh, to lighten the mood a little bit. They enjoy that, so that was a lot of fun. But, yeah, the new rule for us, we're in official season now. The rule is you can you go 40, uh, 42 days back from your first game. And that our first game is it can be the 25th now, uh, or when the season starts, which is the 25th of November. You go back 42 days, and that's the first day you can practice. You have to take off 12 out of those 42 days. So, you know, that's kind of where we're at. I chose to take off the first three days to get three off days right under our belt. Um, you know, so we started yesterday which allows me to go uh, three or four days in a row as we head into our first game. So that's kind of how we planned it out for, for our season. You know, I've been following this team my entire life, and with all respects to the coaches and programs that have been here, I'm not sure I can remember a team on paper going into a season that's this good. And, you know, you have a lot of scoring and rebounding and, I should say, defense back. This is a tenacious defensive team. I uh, I think I know you pretty well, and I do hear about your practices and the intensity of them, and I would probably say that the better your team the higher expectations you have, therefore you're going to push them even harder. I, I would imagine that these guys are going to work as hard as they've ever worked. Yeah, you, you, you've got that right. And that's something we talked about prior to starting uh, our practice yesterday. About the, We talked a little bit about, you know, yeah, some people may call it expectations. Some people, you know, the possibilities of this team. We talked to them about, yes, we do have a lot returning. This is where – our defense was last year. This is where our offense was last year. We talked about our free throws. We talked about a lot of positives and negatives. And what we told them is the only thing that matters is right now. We can learn from the past. We can learn from last season where we had a lot of good. We, our defensive numbers were some of the best in the country. Our rebounding numbers were some of the best in the country. But we were poor free throw shooting. We fouled too much. We need to get better at stopping the three uh, defensively. We need to make a few more jump shots. Uh, and then we talked about, you know, again, about what people are saying about our team. And as we told them, that doesn't matter. We learn from the past, and we worry about getting better and winning today. We've got to get better every single day and be humble enough, be humble enough to understand that we were, we've been a good team and we're striving to become great. We're trying to go from good to great. And only way to do that is we've got to push these guys and get them out of their comfort zone every single day and develop habits uh, that when the ball's thrown up on our first game, uh, that it becomes just absolute instinct. And the only way to do that is just we got to get after it every single day. I love that line. Tommy Pham, one of my favorite Cardinals to talk to, always said that every time I saw him in the clubhouse, I'd say, Tommy, how you doing? He said, I'm good, trying to be great. I love that. I love it so much. Um, so tell me, can you paint a picture of what these practices look like from a protocol standpoint? I know that masks are being worn, and you know that doesn't change the way that you coach necessarily. You're coaching the game of basketball, but you do have to be cautious, don't you? Very. That's, the, that's our first priority uh, is to keep uh, all these young men, coaching staff, everybody, players, 
keep them safe uh, and as healthy uh, as we can. We go. We have uh, very strict guidelines as far as testing is concerned, uh, wearing masks. Uh, you know, uh, we're not using our locker rooms at all. We have chairs set up throughout the arena that are uh, socially distanced. That's where our players come in, get dressed. That's where they sit down to when they uh, when we get a water break. Uh, things like that. So no question, it it looks a lot different. It is a different day as far as that is concerned. Um, And and we're doing everything we can. Uh, We listen to our doctors. We talk to our our local doctors uh, quite often. I had a great conversation with our doctors just um, Friday of last week to just gain more information as we head into these practices that we're going through to make sure we are doing everything uh, correctly. It is. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's tough, but it's a necessity that we uh, that we do these things. Understood. And I'm I'm not really sure, and maybe uh, you can let us in on on some of it here. What your scheduling looks like in travel and all of those things. I know that that this is uh, across the board in sports, even with the bubbles. Uh, there was uh, a lot of discussion back and forth as to what was the right thing to do. Well, what can you tell us right now about what your schedule looks like? Yeah, well, first, uh, it's been interesting. The last two to three weeks, you know, we had an incredible schedule put together that finished up. And we have we probably finished it in mid-June. Just a really, really challenging schedule. We really had to just wad that up and throw it away about three weeks ago uh, and, and start from scratch because they came out with a new start date for the first game, which went from November the, I think, 5th to November the 25th, and they went from 13 non-conference games to now we can play uh, nine non-conference games. So we've kind of had to start from scratch. We are almost finished with it. Um, you know, we're, it looks like we're going to start, Tom, it looks like we're going to start in a pod or bubble, whatever you want to call it, where – 16 or so teams get together at the University of Nebraska, uh, and there's going to be some really strong competition uh, there. Um, so we're, we're looking to probably get two or three games there. That's where we'll probably start our season. What it looks like to travel, uh, that's still to be determined how, how you do that, what it looks like, what it looks like at the hotel. We're still figuring all that those things out as we look ahead. And then we've got about five five or so non-conference games here in December at Chaffetz Arena. And uh, I know our administration, Chris May, athletic director, is working really hard with the city to try to determine if we can have fans. Uh, I'm hoping it looks very positive that uh, at some point we can have a percentage uh, of fans in the arena for the month of December, and then we head into January for conference play. Now, I've thrown all this out, but we all know everything is day-to-day. Anything could change at any given moment. No, I really appreciate the information, and and I totally understand. And it, having dealt with the Cardinals uh, very closely uh, from a as their broadcast partner, you know, trying to figure it out was literally a day to day experience. Uh, final thing for you before we go, I, I should ask you about uh, the health of your team outside of COVID. I know that you had a couple of injuries that kind of led into this season, but. Uh, it sounds like mostly healthy, right? And I know the Gibson, Jimerson, and Fred Thatch uh, losses were tough last year. Yeah, they were. Uh, but it's uh, it's exciting to have these guys back. Uh, Fred is uh, practicing uh, 100%. Uh, feels really good right now, playing really well. 
Uh, you know, so he brings us a great defensive presence. Uh, I think could be one of the elite defenders in our league. Um, he's doing well. Gibson Jimerson, same thing, back, uh, practicing at, uh, at 100%, uh, knocking down shots, uh, so doing well. Both these young men have, uh, have uh, responded to all their treatment, all their rehab, uh, and have come back very, very strong. Well, I really appreciate you joining us, and I hope to be able to catch up with you, if not weekly, as, as often as we can leading up to the start of the season. It's uh, great to have you on KMOX as always, Coach. Thanks for doing this. No, my pleasure. Look forward to catching up again soon. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Thank you. There's the head coach of the St. Louis Billikens, Travis Ford, with us on sports on a Sunday morning. Always good to catch up with him and his program. A lot of SLU fans listening. I know that. When we come back, we'll talk some football with Dana Hughes, the radio analyst for the Kansas City Chiefs. Kevin Wheeler at 11.30. We're really going to get into this Cardinals team and how it should look in 2021. That's coming up. Our producer is James O'Sullivan. I'm Tom Ackerman. Sports on a Sunday morning continues after the news. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 